Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hola. <laughs> Olaf or Ola? What was that? Olaf. Olaf. No, not Olaf or Olaf. Ola, <laughs> as an Espanol for hello. Oh, hey. I was talking about Olaf. Welcome, man. How you doing? From Frozen. <laughs> right. Know. From Frozen, yeah. not Olaf. Um, hey. <laughs> yes. How is everybody doing? Yeah. I'm Jason, by the way. And I'm Eric. Welcome to the show, I'm guys. Glad to have you back to pardon the uh, pardon the intermission. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're ready to talk some more entertainment uh, today. Yeah. We got some interesting topics on the uh, slate for today, too, don't we? Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're going to start off uh, hitting it hot here with... Yeah. Uh, Let's jump right in. New season of uh, Andor started. Yeah, finally, I know, finally, finally, yes. This thing got extended. It was supposed to go in in uh, August, right? Supposed to come out in August, and then it got bumped down to September because in the beginning of September. Beginning right? of September, yeah, because Disney Plus didn't want it to coincide with the release of series like the incredible series of She Hulk. I hear she wonderful. I haven't seen it yet. The the incredible bombastic. I suck TV series She-Hulk, yeah, which is just yeah. bombed. Yeah, I, I was being sarcastic. But, uh, there. Okay, sorry, that completely went over my head. I, I, I heard, but, uh, I heard it. I heard it uh, was was pretty bad. I, but, I, so yeah, the Disney basically Disney bumped it back because they didn't want it to coincide with the release of She-Hulk, with the release of uh, Doctor Strange two, and uh, being released on their platform as well. So they just didn't want a whole bunch of. Highly anticipated content coming out at the same time. Well, sure, That's you got to spread it out. out. Yeah, yeah, share the wealth. Yeah, yeah, and and I, but I don't see why they couldn't have planned that a little better. I think people, at first thing, people were a little peeved, you know, that it didn't come out right when it did because they were looking forward to it, you know, because at, yeah, at the yeah. time, uh, what had just ended, Obi Wan. Obi-Wan, yeah. Had just ended, and uh, so they were kind of looking for, hey, Andor's getting ready, you know, in just a few weeks, a couple yeah, of weeks, right? and then it was yeah. like, oh, wah, 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 didn't come out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but we have it now. It finally did stream. Yeah. Now, I I saw it drop three three episodes right mm-hmm. off the bat. Now, that that was the yeah. little, that was their, uh, their carrot, I guess, to mm-hmm. say, you know, don't be too mad at us. We're going to go ahead. At first, they were just going to do a two-episode drop. Yeah, but because it, it took so long and it's towards the end of September here, three episode drop. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so they did do that at least. I saw all three. Okay, you're you said you still have to do number three. I still have to do number three. Yeah, you're you're one and two. But yeah. what so far? What are your thoughts on Andor? Totally different than Star Wars. I mean, just like so, like with the Mandalorian and with Obi Wan. Obviously, we know they're set in the Star Wars universe, and we know they're Star Wars because they feel like Star Wars series. Yeah. With Andor, I don't get the feeling like it is a Star Wars series. It, fe- mm. it feels like it's something that's part and parcel from what is included in the Star Wars universe. Now, obviously, I know that Cassian Andor was a character in Rogue One, a quality standalone Star Wars film. Yeah. So I know that connection's there. But it's just like um, in the first two episodes, especially, very, very, very few references or vestiges of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just everything from the from the the costumes to the effects to it just doesn't feel like a Star Wars series to me. Yeah, at least not right now. It, is that good though? Is that a good thing or th- a bad thing? Well, okay, I think it could end. Well, for me, it could be a bad thing because here's the problem with this. All right, 
they Lucasfilm has gone to painstaking efforts to tie in all of these streaming Star Wars series and make them ideally Star Wars and make them feel like Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. But with Andor, it again, I feel like they haven't done that, and that could come back to possibly haunt them because ultimately at the end of the day, with a Star Wars series, we want it to feel like Star Wars. At least I do. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to completely fold up my tent and pack up my stuff and leave town and bail on the series. I'm still going to watch it just because I'm interested. But you know what? For the diehard Star Wars loyalists out there, they may not like that it doesn't feel like a Star Wars series. But then again, I'm I'm probably in the minority. Maybe everybody else out there who's watched it, who's a huge Star Wars fan like you and I, they can tie into it. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is great Star Wars. And I trust John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who yeah. are now in principal creative control of, um, of the series. Fortunately, they got Kathy Kennedy out of that seat. Thank God. I, I thought um, she was still part of. She's well, still there. She's still head of Lucasfilm, but I think oh. she. Um, I think she turned over a lot of the creative duties to both Favreau and Dave Filoni. Okay. So, but anyway, veering off course here. But so with Andor, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. But to me, right now, Eric, it's just kind of hard to latch onto because it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I agree with you that it. <laughs> doesn't feel like star wars and i'm gonna say that uh i i disagree though that you know i think that that's a i definitely think it's a good thing Mm -hmm. in the sense that i think it's going to carry carry on it's going to be able to carry on its own okay when the mandalorian came out we we got kind of the the sense of old star wars yeah right it kind of it kind of tied into that yeah um when obi-wan came out I, I, you know, as far as the feel of it, I mean, yes, it's Obi-Wan, great. I was really disappointed in the way it was filmed. They really seemed like they cheaped out on the series. And for me, that really pulled me out. Mm, I mean, a lot okay. of the sets and a lot of the whole, the ridiculous laser gate that could you could like step over. Right? You know, oh, only man. So, I mean, you yeah. know, th- those kind of, those kind of things, yeah. they really seem <clears throat> like they cheaped out. I don't know if they spent all their money on, on doing Darth Vader and doing the digital stuff. But the sets and stuff really cheaped out. Andor really feels, on its own, it feels like a class act show. Hmm. Okay. Now the sets to me are amazing. Now I don't, I didn't, I don't know much about the lore, this mm-hmm. the, this character, and I don't know much yeah. about his background. I did see Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's about all I know about this character, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm very interested in in finding out about this guy, and that's why I like that it's kind of set apart. You're right. It doesn't feel like it's not like you're going to see Darth Vader coming in. It's not like mm-hmm. the stormtroopers are all over the place. And I do yeah. like that. It almost feels, and I, and maybe that's, and like I said, is my fault for not knowing this guy's backstory and what planet they're on. But it almost feels like this is like an outreach planet where, you know, the Empire can't be everywhere at once. So they've kind of contracted out to these other guys. Hey, right. you guys take care of this sector. You guys take care of that sector, right? And, right. and these guys have their own uniforms and their own kind of ways of doing things. And they still answer to the, you know. And that's what it kind of seems. Because this is taking place. Basically, uh, uh, Palpatine has taken over. Yeah. The Empire has taken over. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing is that everything is still not completely engulfed by the Empire. You still yeah. have these these separate planet states, yeah. right, that are kind of now they're under the rule. And they're kind of so it's not like they're completely, you know, engulfed 
in the empire, uh, the empire's mm -hmm. mannerisms, their uniforms, and all that. So it does feel separate. That's what that's the kind of feeling I'm getting off this. Okay. Well, it, it does it does precipitate the beginning uh, or the foundation of the of the uh, the rebellion. Yes. You know. So because we know that in Rogue One. The rebellion's already been formed. They've been fighting for a while, and if I remember correctly, Andor takes place just five years before the events of Episode Four. And and I think so, the rebellion is at this point in Rogue One is mm -hmm. still pretty fresh, right? Still pretty fresh. Still yeah. gaining. Trying to get organized. Trying to get together. They're just right. Still gaining yeah. momentum while at the same time trying to remain hidden from mm -hmm. the Empire because we know that people like Bail Organa, who's in the Imperial Senate. Same thing with Senator Mon Mothma. They're part of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're trying to establish. It feels like with this one, it's like they're trying to establish the rebellion and how it got started. And they're making Andor, obviously, a central character around that. Now, I don't know. How many years? Do you know offhand how many years that this this character, how many years before Rogue One this takes place, like the beginning of the series? Um, not before Rogue One. I remember reading that timeline-wise, it fits in about five years before the events Just, of Episode Four. Okay, but yeah. so actually, if you remember at the end of Rogue One, um, after Vader got done going chop suey on all the <laughs> you know with his massive lightsaber moves, yeah, that it immediately jumps into Princess Leia receiving the stolen plans, and then boom, they go into hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. So. I would probably have to fathom then that with that being the case, this is maybe five, ten years before. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. So since that scene in Rogue One happens instantaneously, this is not too far behind the events of Rogue One. So maybe one year, two years, three years, maybe. I don't know. I'm just I'm guessing. I'm taking some wild guesses here. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure, but yeah, I. I. Uh, I do. I, I will say I do like the feel of it. I, I need. I will need to to look it up and and to see mm -hmm. how many. I, it just dawned on me how many <clears throat> years this takes place before Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but I. I do like the feel of it, and like I say, to me, it. It still feels in the Star Wars universe, but I. I like how it feels separate from from itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I think you know when you're doing a series and like with Obi Wan Kenobi, Boba Fett. You know, you're going to get handcuffed into what the expectations are. You know, they're on the same planet, essentially, right? right. Those yeah. two series. So it's like, it's got to look like this. It's got to feel like that. Boba Fett, you know, and, and I go back to, you know, it really did pull me out with Obi-Wan. It was really disappointing with the sets and everything. It looked like they just threw some plywood together and some scenes and painted it. And, <laughs> you know, it was really, it was really disappointing. I, yeah. I got to say. With uh, uh, with Boba Fett, you know the, the the scenes were a little bit better and stuff, and obviously Mandalorian has done a great job. Um, so I I do like the feel of this. I like the way that it's kind of set itself apart. Hmm, okay, the action is really good. Uh, the acting is good. Um, I, I wish I could think of the name of the director. It was funny. My my wife, uh, mm -hmm. she said, you know, she was watching it. She goes, you yeah. know. This said the same thing, right? She goes, "Man, this this totally feels doesn't feel so much Star Wars because it feels yeah. like a, it feels like a, a, a." She goes, "Is the director British? It feels like a British show, hmm. you okay. know, just, just the way the acting is, just the way the tempo and everything is." Right, go, right. I don't know, and she looked it up, and it was. I, I don't have his huh. name offhand, but yeah, it was that was very interesting. She nailed that one. That was great. Wow, interesting. Um, so yeah, so I I don't know. I have a lot. I have good hopes for this man. I think this one is is gonna is gonna be able to stand on its own. Unfortunately, with the care, you know, with Mandalorian. 
I mean, you know, he's wide open. He could he could live forever. Right. With, right. with Andor, uh, we know what happens. A- after it's yep. funny. After the first three episodes, I wanted to make sure that I knew in my mind exactly what happened. I went back and I fast forwarded through Rogue One all the way to just to the very end. I go, wait, I oh, got to nice. make sure that he nice. really die in that thing. You know. Yes, sadly, <laughs> he was destroyed by the Death Star. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the Enterprise came in and they transported him, <laughs> him off the planet right before it blew <laughs> up. Number one, beam him up. <laughs> now, beam him to sick bay. Oh man, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh, that would have been an awesome crossover seeing yeah. the Enterprise fly over. Hey, you know what? MCU, they've got, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. they got Deadpool crossing over now yeah. with, uh, right, with the right. MCU here. So maybe yep. we can have a crossover there. You I like know? that. That's Star, a good idea. That's a good Star story Trek pitch. Star Star Wars. I know people yep. are cringing out there. No, right. um, but anyway, I wanted to make sure that I knew what happened in the movie. And, right. and yeah, so he does, he does, of course, in the end of Rogue One. But yeah, uh, but yeah I do like the series. And okay. even though I know what happens to his character, I'm very pulled into it. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, and, and and I can't wait to see more. Uh, as a matter of fact, before you got here tonight, I was starting to watch episode four. I so. saw that when I walked through the door. <laughs> and I, I saw Stellan Skarsgård, who's in episode three, right? In the third episode? Oh, yeah. Is he the... Uh, uh, Bootstrap uh, Bill from uh, yeah, Pirates yeah, of the he, Caribbean? The, among know. other... What what would you what would you call him? He's like a uh, uh, not a police, but he, what is he like uh, the law, the authority, or yeah, something? kind of like an intergalactic sheriff, like an intergalactic yeah. John Wayne almost. You, you know, know he, and he played, and that was a great character. I was, I, you got to see. You haven't watched episode three yet, but you no, got to no, see no. episode three. That it, that's a great episode. I think okay. that's going to pull you in. In the okay. beginning, it is a little slow. Yep. You're trying to learn about the character. Yeah. You know, wasn't it Andor? I think we talked about it too uh, on an earlier uh, podcast. Wasn't it Andor where they had the picture of the guy carrying like an AK forty seven? Yeah, and everybody made a that big was deal a about it. Cinema mishap. <laughs> yeah, that definitely got under your skirt. Well, and, uh, that did tick me off. But I'll tell you what, I haven't seen that yet. I've been looking for that AK forty seven. It hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> Maybe, maybe they took it out. There may have been such a such a big uh, you know what happened stink Eric? about they it. They listened to "Pardon the Intermission." Probably and they said, "Whoops, we made a mistake." I know. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Feige uh, called up. Uh, right. You know, Kevin. Hint, hint. Listen. Yeah. Said, "Listen, we got to take that out." Pardon the intermission. Right, right. Saw that they don't like right. it. Right. Um, hey. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah. Andor is a definite plus. So yeah, I, okay. I, I think. I think. The first two, like I said, they explain the character. The mm-hmm. third one, I think, is going to pull you in. Okay. Uh, it's when the action really starts to heat up. You know, okay. things really start to go. So I, yeah. I think, yeah, it's 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 going to going to fulfill what Obi Wan to me should have been. All right. Um, anyway, uh, moving on here, let's talk about uh, Deadpool three. Yeah. So what what Woo-hoo. is this? You were you you afforded me the trailer. Yes. I watched the trailers out there online for you folks. Yeah. You can, you can go on and see it. But but who's the little surprise guest in there? Little surprise guest is a guy who has certain adamantium blades coming out of his <laughs> knuckles. That would be Wolverine. Yes. Yes. And not just Wolverine is coming back, but he. Hugh Jackman himself, who immortalized the character in 2000's X-Men, yep. is coming back, reprising the role he said he was never going to reprise. Yeah. Got cajoled by Ryan Reynolds somehow to be in Deadpool 3. He's going to be featured as Wolverine, which obviously sets up a whole gamut of what-ifs because we mm. know that the, uh, that X-Men, the rights, have been purchased by uh, from Fox from 20th Century Fox by MCU. So we know that the X-Men are getting roped into the MCU now. So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, wait a minute. The last time we saw Wolverine was in the standalone movie Logan, which was a great film, by the way. It was, Great film. That was the death of Wolverine. Yeah. Okay? So we obviously know this is going to take place during 
or before, way before Logan, how f- how much before Logan, the events of Logan? I don't know. We don't know. It's still very sketchy. But mm-hmm. yeah, when that trailer came out and Ryan Reynolds teased Hugh Jackman in it, I'm just like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> well, I guess they said uh, Ryan Reynolds broke the internet, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, when that when that trailer dropped. Because, yep. yeah. And if you guys haven't seen it, it's pretty cool. You got Ryan Reynolds on the couch. He's talking about, yeah, Deadpool 3, we weren't sure. We had a hard time, blah, 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 yep. blah. And then all of a sudden you see in perfect time, here comes Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman. And he goes, uh, hey, you, you, you want to, uh, what do you say, put on the blades or, you know. Want to put on the blades again or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. And he goes, all right, sure, whatever. <laughs> And he just walking by, he goes, yeah, sure, whatever. You His know. name rhymes with Wolverine. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and then, they, and then they have a second trailer now. Yeah, where they go into uh, it's kind of funny. They go into the like, hey, you know, th- so how we got the idea and how the story's going to go, and then of course they, you mm-hmm. know, you can't hear him talking, right? right and they're right, doing right. all this stuff, and then they, yeah, it's, it's so it's they're they're teasing it a lot. So well, you know, Ryan Reynolds ever since. Um, Ever since the end of De- actually, ever since the end of X Men Origins Wolverine, Ryan Reynolds has always he's very active on social media, especially mm-hmm. on Twitter, and he's always kind of traded jovial back and forth barbs with Hugh Jackman. They're both really? friends. Yeah, they're both friends on Twitter, and they both have joked with each other, like who's better, Deadpool and Wolverine, and they'll both kind of toss out slight little innuendos that are comic insults not meant to insult each other but as part of that exchange on social media ryan reynolds keeps saying well i'm going to get him back as wolverine one day and then wolver hugh jackman says well i don't think so mate and then so it makes me wonder that if this whole little social media tirade that they were a part of just finally worked out to cajoling jackman into being wolverine again because i remember Mm. when he gave all these press interviews while he was promoting logan he was emphatic about not wanting to be wolverine again because Believe it or not, people, Hugh Jackman looks young, but he's almost 60. He's in his mid-50s. Wow. He's in his mid-50s. Is he really? Yes. That... He, he's in his mid-50s, so he's wow. no spring chicken anymore, and he knows that, and that's why he said he didn't want to do Wolverine again, because yeah. all the years of wear and tear on his body just doing the stunts and everything well, and, and, and having to be in that kind of shape. Yeah. But with that being said, I am really excited because Wolverine is one of my favorite comic book characters, and Hugh Jackman was perfectly cast in that part and yeah. played him so well. So I'm excited to see, A, what his role will be like in Deadpool 3. But again, Mm. as previously mentioned, now that X-Men are in the MCU, how are they going to connect? How are they going to make these connections with the X-Men in the MCU? Because we know that Wolverine is going to be recast in the MCU. So this is where it gets tricky. So between Deadpool 3 and Logan, and now X-Men coming into the MCU. Eric, there's just so many dots that they have to connect here, and I just hope that they're careful in how they do it. It it could go wrong really easily, you're saying. I mean, with... It could, yeah. Yeah. It it could, but we know that now Deadpool is in the MCU, so it's making me... Look, these guys are really good at connecting everything, so I'm just hoping, and it makes me wonder, all right, this is going to be part of something... Big. Well, and because they're not only connecting just Deadpool to the MCU, they've got to connect Deadpool and the X Men. And the X Men, yeah. To that's it, right. To to do this crossover in mm-hmm. the comics, do they ever do a crossover? Yes, there was a comic book crossover featuring Deadpool and Wolverine on a, a few occasions, and they were they were fun comics. They were popular comics. Mm. And um, was it just those two characters that teamed up, or was it more more characters from the universe there? There were eventually more characters that teamed up. There was also, I think, a uh, a Deadpool Spider Man Wolverine crossover. Oh wow! In, in in the Marvel in the Marvel lore, there were several crossovers between Spider Man and Wolverine. But eventually, when Deadpool came out, 
they kind of roped him into that as well. So, but Deadpool and Wolverine's been one of the more popular uh, crossovers. Okay, that fans have have enjoyed the most. <clears throat> interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a that's a scary tightrope they're gonna walk. I mean, I don't know. Yep, they got to balance that thing perfectly, or yeah, right? it's gonna fall right off. Yeah, and you know the second film, uh, the second film I thought left something to be desired. It was still funny, and it was still breaking down the fourth wall, but just not as good as the first one did. So, what are you talking uh, about Deadpool? Deadpool two. two, yeah. So it was still fun, still a good film, but um, I felt like it just left something to be desired, which is why I'm kind of geeking out on uh, Deadpool three here. Well, I think what with so with the character, you're you're probably saying that mm-hmm. basically one kind of ran its course, two was just kind of a repeat. So they kind of do need to bring to yeah, keep yeah. Deadpool alive mm-hmm. and the character interesting. <clears throat> they they have to expand that universe for him, yeah, and, and bring some absolutely. other characters and have somebody to to play off. Of. Well, and I keep thinking that Marvel MCU eventually is going to get around to doing a Secret Wars series, which. Now what is that? Okay, so see, okay, so you know, Infinity War was about yeah. you know the Avengers teaming up to fight Thanos. Thanos, correct. Well, in the Marvel comic lore, Secret Wars is where you have just a huge hodgepodge of all the main characters coming together to basically fight each other. So, for mm. example, you would have Captain America and Iron Man fighting the Fantastic Four. You would have X Men fighting Guardians of the Galaxy. You would have it's just basically sides picking sides and going all at well, it. Well, how, how did how did things go off the rails? Why were they fighting each other? Because I, I haven't read those comics. I don't know. Uh, well, it has. It's been a while for me since I've read them as well. But it was just a way to generate more to con- generate more continued interest in the characters. But it was basically almost kind of like like how the Avengers ended up. Fighting themselves because when like, when, uh, uh, Cap, when it was Captain America and Iron Man, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you have some characters that just don't like each other, some that do, and then you have some that have different agendas, and some that think, okay, maybe we should, I should be leading, no, he should be leading. Or it, something it's like the Rock that. Band phenomenon. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, with Rock bands, you know, when when they're when they're uh, first starting out and they're they're fighting yeah. the world, they're they're pulled together for a common goal, yeah. right? And yeah. then once they make it to the top yeah. and then you know they just fight themselves because they've already made it right? spider-man so. spider-man was in secret wars she hulk was uh wow. let's see dr strange i think was in it if i remember correctly so namor the submariner was mm. in it so um yeah just uh i i think this is gonna this is gonna be kind of a unique way to see if they try and rope this into a secret wars Wow, uh, I, I don't know. Would care? I don't know. That'd be interesting if if an overall audience would mm-hmm. want to see these characters fight each other. You know, I mean, well, the Wanda thing was kind of interesting, right? From Doctor yeah. Strange, you know, yeah. when uh, uh, mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness, when Wanda was fighting, you know, when they were in that yeah. different universe and she's fighting, but yeah. they had uh, Carter, the What If Carter, what, and you know, the What Ifs Captain were, Carter, and, and those and, were based uh, off comics as well. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, and, and going back to Deadpool three, there, I'm sure there, Marvel has something up their sleeve, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hoping they'll make it worth it. Well, that's why I we. I, we can't wait to see it. I know. I think yeah. it's not going to come out till twenty twenty four. Two thousand twenty four. Correct. Wow, that's a yeah. long time. I know, right? Time. I know. Hey, uh, another another little story here is yeah. uh, you know a TV show that I grew up with uh, for years. One one of the best uh, sitcoms around, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheers was in the news recently. There, I didn't even realize this. They're actually going to sell it, or they're celebrating their fortieth anniversary wow is that crazy now is that 40 years since the series premiered or for because they they ended in the early 90s like 92 or 93 right yeah let's see uh because i watched cheers too 
Yeah, yeah. No, it just it just yeah. says uh, yeah they'll be celebrating their 40th anniversary. It doesn't really say from if it's if it stopped or not, uh, from when it stopped or from when it started. Uh, probably oh probably from when it started because it says it premiered. Yeah, it, from when it started. Sorry, it premiered September 30th, 1982. Wow, 40 yeah, years. So since it Jeez. premiered, there you go. Um, it ran 11 seasons, mm-hmm. uh, won 28 uh, Emmy awards. Uh, four for best comedy series. Wow! You know that the I don't think you'll ever find. Here's the deal. I mean, the landscape has changed. It's gotten too convoluted. You know, yes. but back in this day, you had three, four, maybe five uh, TV stations. Mm-hmm. You know that were, were putting out content. Yeah. So what that created is, uh, of course, it didn't create. You know, they did have. I think cable was starting back up in the eighties. Cable was in its early infancy, but it yeah. didn't have what it. You know, the, the shows, of course, that it had now. I right. mean, you basically, just had MTV and you know VH1. That was about HBO. I the, remember the movie channels. Yeah, yeah. H. I think the only major movie channels at the time were HBO and Showtime. Showtime. Cinemax didn't even come around until I think the late eighties, if I so, remember right. So point being is that you know you really had you know limited shows but i think at the same time it created these shows to be really of, of really good quality oh the writing was outstanding yeah, it was amazing yeah the writing was outstanding in cheers and of course some of our some of our favorite characters who have gone on to great careers woody harrelson yeah uh you know we're in cheers woody harrelson of course played woody the bartender who can forget uh norm and all of his uh uh, Norm Clavin and all of his sage words of wisdom, the postal carrier. And then, of course, oh, no, no, no Norm no. was George Went. I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. A Cliff Clavin was Cliff John. Um, he does all the voice. John Ratzenberger. Yeah, John Ratzenberger. He's in like every Disney animated Pixar, Pixar film. movie. Yeah. He was also in a Star Wars film, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was in Empire Strikes Back as a. Uh, Ancillary character, one of the uh, yeah the voice the... character, but and then Rhea Perlman, of course, was in yeah. it. Shelley Long, Shelley Long, uh, Lieutenant Le- Savick from Star Trek Two, Kirstie Alley was in it. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, mm-hmm. uh, Kirstie Alley came later. Yeah, yeah she yeah. came later, but yeah, it was just it had some brilliant writing, some brilliant comedy in it. And Eric, I will say this. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that placing, but if there are two comedies that I think can give Cheers a run for its money as being the best comedies of all time, it is Seinfeld and Mash, mm. Seinfeld. Ma- Mash, Mash was good, but Mash was more of a dramedy. I think I would put Mash in a little bit. Okay, different category. okay, I, I can say see dramedy. that. I can see that. Uh, Seinfeld, yes, of course. I, yes. But I think Seinfeld. But you know, it's kind of hard to say. Seinfeld was a different type of comedy than, than it was. Cheers and was. actually, I, funny I say that because I never really watched Seinfeld. I was. I'm not a Seinfeld fan. There were some yeah. great moments, and Larry David did, uh, did a great job co-writing that series, but. Yeah, I just never was into Seinfeld, but I recognize its place in television history as being one of the most influential comedies like Cheers of all time. Well, and and let's and we we did forget to mention Ted Danson was one of the main characters there. That's we right, we Sam Mayday Malone. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and also uh, that led to uh, Frasier, Frasier, the TV show. Right. Frasier was a good spin. They brought over Frasier Crane. That's right. Yeah, Frasier Crane. That that's right. Mm-hmm. So. I can't remember what was the name. It was Coach. What was the name of the first? Uh, his first uh, uh, co-bartender there. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. See, it was funny. Everybody remembers Woody Harrelson. Yeah, right. But you know, there there was a uh, uh, what was the name of that guy? Oh my gosh, he was the he was Coach, right? They called him Coach. Hey, Coach. Yep. Well, his character, his character was, was Coach, right? Was Sam Malone's no, baseball coach, wasn't he? Yeah, it? yeah, something like that. I think. Yeah. Anyway, I, I couldn't I couldn't find it, but um. 
I, I really, I tell you what. Well, oh, by the way, let me let me just say that this is an article from MSN uh, MSN dot com. Okay. And it uh, they're basically talking to Rio Perlman about you know Cheers and what she thinks and stuff is is uh, right. What was basically the focus of this of this article? But yeah, I mean, for me, I got to say, I mean. This was definitely one of the shows that that you know you waited every week for it to come on. Mm-hmm. It never disappointed, and it's funny. It's it's one of the shows too that they said that really, you know, it, it was because of the showrunners that and and that uh, you know that they backed it so much because Nicholas. Why, I'm sorry, Eric. Nicholas Colasanto was coach. Oh, that was the actor's name. No, no, Nic- no. was it? No, is that, is that Jay Thomas you're looking at? He was also yeah. on there, right? Yeah. But oh, I'm sorry. So the actor, the actor's name was what? Nicholas. Nicholas Colasanto. Okay. Okay. But yeah. he, the character's name was Coach. right? Coach. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 That's okay. Um, no. But the, you know, the, this is like this is one of the shows, like a lot of shows, that to mm-hmm. get off the ground. You know, when they were saying that, you know, it just quite didn't quite hit his stride. I mean, obviously, out of the gate, you know, the pilot, and they said it, it yeah. probably wouldn't <laughs> if it hadn't been for the some of the network people that really pulled for it. You know, probably wouldn't have lasted more than two episodes. But right, this became right. one of the greatest shows. Yeah, uh, comedies of all time back in this, uh, you know, in this uh, time frame. And yeah, and and the '80s was like the prime decade for outstanding television sitcom because you not only mm. had Cheers, you had Family Ties, The Cosby Show burst on the scene, and regardless of how you feel about Bill Cosby, sicko, um, <laughs> it was still very popular. That was a good show. It yeah. was a good show. And then of course Cheers was out. Night Court was very popular. Oh, Night Court, when it came out right. in the '80s. Yeah. So yeah, the 1980s was the zenith of popularity uh, for television sitcoms and well-written television sitcoms that are still aired in some capacity on any streaming channel that you watch. Or if you still have cable, you can find them on, on some of the popular cable networks still to this day. Yeah, yeah. Let yep. me, uh, let me. so this is what I was talking about. They were saying here that, uh, you know, the, the uh, things from the benefit of the net uh, NBC executives for uh, exercising mm-hmm. patience to let the show find its footing. Yeah. Now, when the show, it says here in this article, when the show's uh, pilot uh, first aired, it, it finished 60th, uh, place out of 63 shows holy moly so, that, that goes to Whoa. show you it was it was it was at, at the bottom at the bottom you know go where everybody wants to know your name <laughs> and you know it's funny you don't remember that i mean obviously you know when when you were, we look back on these shows that were very popular it's just like we just remember yeah. them being popular we don't remember the beginnings uh, right you right know, how rough it was even seinfeld had a rough you're talking about seinfeld earlier even yeah. it had kind of a rough go in the beginning you know mm-hmm. these sh- they have to do that i don't think you could do that these days you know there's so much competition Competition yeah. and everything is so watered down out there. And if you don't get results right away, mm-hmm. you're you're pretty much done for. I I don't think you could have a show where you could have a little bit of patience anymore Mm-mm. and say, ah, oh, we'll let it go for you know a few <laughs> episodes and let let the characters get their chemistry and let the writers get going. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if they would do that. Anymore. They they wouldn't. The studios I think clamp down a lot on creative control, which affects the writing. But also, I mean, a lot of comedies now are going more towards being raunch coms. And they're being more symbolic of society that we're living in right now, where they're meant for a younger generation of viewers. Whereas with Cheers, MASH, Seinfeld, Night Court, they were really meant more for a late night audience because mm. they aired an older audience because they aired after 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock when the kids were in bed because they had to be at school at you know, 7, 8 a.m. the next day. If true, you, true. If you remember correctly, I think didn't Cheers air like between eight thirty and nine o'clock on Wednesday yeah. nights or Thursdays or something? You know. But I remember as a well, I say as a kid. I guess I was an older kid back then. I mean, you were an older kid. 
I was an older kid. I was, yeah. I was, let's see, uh, if it premiered in 82, I was, yeah. uh, you know, 12, 13 years old. Anyway. Um, you can admit it. <laughs> it's all right. But, but the point was, was going to be that even, even as a kid, though, watching, you know, I enjoyed yeah. watching those shows. It's funny. I don't know. Man, uh, the shows, it's kind of like the kids got stuck watching the adult shows, but mm-hmm. we understood them and we understood yeah, yeah. the humor and the comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, I don't know if, if there's a separation now with generations where it's not quite because the shows are so, like you're saying, the shows are so. Mm-hmm focused on you know a kid show is just a kid show right and an adult show is more an adult show and it's kind of like well some it, of the adult shows are like well i don't want my kids it, watching. it's gone to the point now where it's just completely niche broadcasting yeah where comedies are there's like different comedies for generation zers and generation xers there's different comedies for dare i say politically correctness here older people senior citizens mm. whatever but the point being is that um, the proliferation of uh, our of certain beliefs in our society have kind of Hollywood has fed off of that, and they now feel the urge to not make just one grand sitcom for everybody to watch, yeah. like Family Ties or Cheers, but for niche audiences like younger kids between the ages. They're looking at demographics, they're looking at um, analytics, Eric, and that's what they're seeing. And they also know that hey, this is also a YouTube society too. Mm. A lot of kids and a lot of people are more inclined to watch YouTube videos, to watch shorter programming, shorter length programming than sitcoms like Cheers, even though Cheers aired for, I think, uh, what was it? Was it an hour long show? No, I think it was half Half hour. hour, That's what I thought. Okay, now half hour is short time, but the point being is that um, Cheers was able to rope you in and keep you tied into that full 30 minutes. Nowadays, with short attention spans with younger audiences, they wouldn't catch any of what Cheers was was about. Mm. They wouldn't like it. They just they're just more into the um, into the stuff that's over sensationalized, the, the fast moving, and right. maybe the you know five minute, ten minute clip. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, and also too, like you were talking about, I, th- I think the humor they couldn't get away with that type of humor too, mm-hmm. because you know, and and the characters. I mean, it, you know, the humor. I don't know. I think it, w- it was pretty plain. I would say pretty bland, but it was still funny. And and they you know they did make make fun of themselves a lot and stuff and and but mm-hmm. I I don't think today in today's world I don't know if that would go over as much you know it wouldn't I blame friends friends for that Fr- friends <laughs> turned the tide for television oh, sitcoms now damn, friends was good friends. I love friends but it turned the tide after Uh-oh. friends came out television sitcoms have never been the same wow interesting <laughs> hey, we're gonna have to do a show about that yeah so right that right be, yeah yeah right. I can't wait to hear that. Hey, guess what? Uh-oh, that's our cue. That is our cue. Yeah, it went a little over, but hey, it was it was uh It was, it was worth great. it. Anyway, uh, yes, congratulations and cheers. We're glad uh, 40 years. That's amazing. Wow. That makes me feel old. And clap. <laughs> me, me too. Anyway, guys, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if you can, rate us. Uh, five stars would be great. Uh, it helps out the show. If there's six stars, give us six. Like us. Follow us. And until next time. Catch you on the flip side. All right. Take Bye. care. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.